Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Boppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And it's ayahuasca time. It's time, baby. Ceremony three of four. Yeah, so we've been at Rhythmia in Costa Rica. <laughs> You've been hearing our adventures. If you just heard from our friend, hey, Oh No, Ross and Carrie is really good. So maybe I should try listening to it. Let's just pick up the latest episode. That makes sense, but not for our show. Yeah, you might have to go back and listen to some earlier portions of our Rhythmia investigation because there's yeah. a bit of setup here. At but, least go listen to episode one so you know what's going on. Welcome back, everybody. We left you on the doorstep. Ross was about, I'm referring to myself in third person. I was about to step into the flight deck for night three of ayahuasca. Of your herbal support therapy. Right. Yeah. Herbal sport therapy. So I had my token. You know, at this point, it's old hat. We all know what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So there's none of that trepidation of where do I go? We always leave our shoes on the outside. That's one thing I don't think we've mentioned. Uh, right. So I took my sandals off, left them. And it's always this moment of intentional remembering of, yeah. okay, this I... is three quarters of the way down the building next to this cactus. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This portion of the building. Okay. Going to be right there. That's where I'm going to find it. Coming back here for my shoes later. And then you come back in the complete darkness and everyone's grabbing each other's shoes and you're like, well, this didn't help anything. <laughs> yeah. Th that happened one night where this one woman was just about to give up on her shoes. She just kept muttering and going from one pair of shoes <laughs> to the next. I think it was this night okay. at the end. And on the fobs that they gave us for our rooms there's a light you could press it and it would mm. shine so i was just doing that for her and she's like you are so sweet <laughs> so thank you you are such a good neighbor <laughs> like us uh, the ayahuasca talking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she did eventually find her shoes oh, and, and they were on the opposite side of the building than she was expecting so <laughs> oh dear paid attention to where i left my shoes may i note that i still have my rismia bracelet on this is amazing <laughs> So we're recording this one pretty close before release. So it's been almost two months. Today's March 18th and we got back on January 28th. So almost two months. I don't know how Carrie's doing it. <laughs> this isn't a bracelet that you can untie or unclasp and take right. it off for a while. No, it has been on her wrist day and night yeah. continuously since we arrived. Uh, I'm just kind of waiting for it to, you know, eventually disintegrate or snap off. But not yet. I'm looking and I want to rip it off for you. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I feel like I would be saving you. from. Wow, that would so bother me. Yeah, but you know, my culture taught me to put jewelry on from a very young age. All so right. my skin just doesn't tell me it's there. Good deal. Yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> so I get in this time and I think I want prime seating. I did like on the second night that I was closer to the shamans and could see what they were up to. So I went towards that central area and tonight was all female shaman oh right it was ladies night yeah the women were leading the, the ceremony and so I, I was looking for something slightly on the periphery but most of those cots were already taken those mattresses so there was one almost directly in front of the shaman oh nice or shaw women uh-huh <laughs> so i got between two guys one is a well-known author Scott Stabile. Oh, right. We had met him before, I think almost on the first day or soon thereafter. I'd run into him, had a nice conversation, and he had mentioned that he also came here as an invitee from Rhythmia. Okay. With the idea that he would be reporting on his experience at Rhythmia. He mentioned, oh yeah, I've got a Facebook group. And I had meant to ask him days afterward, what's your Facebook group? How do I look you up? Because your name's Scott. That doesn't help me much. He's a... Uh, not tall, taller than me. That's not saying much. Uh, gentleman uh, shaved his head. A very kind face. So sweet. I met Scott later. We sat next to each other at one of the talks. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. such a nice guy. Yeah. Just one of those people who exudes kindness. Yeah. Just a, a big ball of warmth. So I sat You next ended up reading his book. And yeah. And it turned oh. out he's a cult survivor. So yeah. Oh, he's gone through so many things in his life. So he wrote a book called Big Love. So mm -hmm. I got the audiobook version because you can hear him reading it. And it's very sweet. He tells the story of well it's not sweet. His parents are murdered. Whoa. Yeah, they oh own they own a store in a bad neighborhood and they, they're killed. And then 
He joins a cult for many years. That's almost an aside toward uh-huh. the end. But yeah, he spends many years with the guru. Also, he writes the screenplay for the worst performing Hollywood wide release film ever. Oh my God, what was it? So there, there's very specific parameters how you can make it the worst, make it the worst uh-huh. film. But sure. it was a wide release. It had like some well-known actors, uh, Jamie Presley and uh, who else was in there? Oh, oh Christop- Christopher Lloyd. Is the the Oogie <laughs> shoot? Oh my gosh, I'm looking it up. Christopher Lloyd, Scott Stabile movie. The Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure. Yes, Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure. That's right. Uh, so the, the great thing about the book is that he just holds forth on every detail and insecurity of his own mind and really makes himself incredibly vulnerable. vulnerable. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, like nice. such a great example of vulnerability in order to let us all voyeuristically say, oh, yeah, I feel those same insecurities yeah. too. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's quite a gift. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Uh, so it's it's a wonderful book. I highly recommend it if you need that in your life right now, just someone kind of opening themselves up with their own failures and insecurities. Yeah, it's quite lovely. That movie had a $20 million budget and it earned a million dollars. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's right. So I'm sure there are many films that you could point to that had bigger budgets and smaller percentage returns. But in terms uh-huh. of wide release, it was in right, thousands sure, of sure. theaters. Yeah. Uh, but no one, Aww. not many people came Bummer. to see it. I'm going to see it. Let's do it as a movie night sometime. Okay. I really want to watch it now, too. <laughs> Those poor Oogie Loves. No love for the Oogie Loves. So he was on my left. I'm facing the shaman, but I'm sort of slightly to the left. So I'm to the left end of the group of shaman. And he's to my left. And on my right was, we'll call him Will. Tall gentleman, gaunt. Mm-hmm. I don't get to use the word gaunt as much as I'd like. He's a gaunt fellow. Okay. Thin, weathered face, hard features. Again, very tall, uh, whitish hair, almost windswept back. It's pretty long coming down to his shoulders at least and he Caucasian Caucasian and you could just tell he's into this and he's done this before in fact he told me oh yeah you know this is my second time here and he had his own not only were they white but there are these kind of flowing robes or at least a very oh, loose wow. yeah almost feels like maybe it's a indian ceremonial garb kind yeah of okay so I thought okay he's really got his own dedicated outfit for this Mm -hmm. and I just remember seeing him earlier and he always looked so serious and there was just something about him that felt unapproachable to me oh uh uh-huh but as I start talking to him he's just the sweetest guy oh okay he gives me a hug wishes me good luck and we're chatting about various things oh I I like this guy oh nice so me and Will what do you think was the racial makeup I feel like it was like 95 percent white it was mixed there were people a lot of people from Australia Mm mm-hmm We didn't see many African-American people, especially not in the actual ceremonies. Oh, I don't remember any. I can't remember any. African-American people. There were some around the facility maybe doing other things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I think Rhythmia definitely is like the white man's version of... (laughs) I would say predominantly white, but there's people with Hispanic heritage, clearly. Right. But, you know, yeah, owned by a white guy... It felt like that was kind of their way into the ayahuasca space is like, oh, we have the sort of like Western mm. and and largely white take on this tradition. Yeah, I, I think that's largely fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Scott was to my left and he had his prayer beads or a rosary, I guess. So he was busy kind of focusing on that. So we had talked a bit initially, but OK, he's he's getting in the zone. So left him alone after that point. And so we had another introductory lesson from the shamans and they were saying that they were going to be playing live music Mm. which is crazy the head shaman who was really kind of running this her name we're going to call her amy and she was wearing beads around like you know they always have these kind of shaky beads Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, she was wearing them around her ankles as these kind of thick anklets and so everywhere she'd walk, there'd be sort of a ch I kind of like that. Did you Same. like it? Yeah, that was yeah. fine. It has an interesting effect when you're under the influence of ayahuasca. Oh, right, sure. Uh, but yeah. Suddenly uh, very important. I think she was wearing them elsewhere on her body, but uh, I definitely remember those thick anklets of beads. And then she had some sort of, I don't know, stole or shirt or something, but it was kind of a, a taupe or tan 
Um, yeah, I'm not getting a clear mental image of it. Anyway, she introduced what was going to be happening. We're going to have the live music. And I'm thinking, okay, can you play music when you're on ayahuasca? How's that going to work? And all the other typical instructions. So I was ready to go. I wasn't feeling nervous. Mm -hmm. Even though I'd been pushed into some dark places, I think overall it had been happy and loopy enough that I just thought, okay, just going to go along, do whatever ayahuasca wants to do tonight. All right. Let's just see what happens. See what mama wants. Right. Didn't have any particular goals or preconceptions of what was supposed to happen. Had they given you any instructions like, this is the night where you ask for a new heart or this is the night where you do... Not that I recall. Okay. Not that I recall. Because I know sometimes Jerry gave like kind of specific instructions, but I can't remember if this is one of the nights. Yeah. I feel like something like that could have been said and maybe Mm -hmm. I'm just forgetting it. Okay. So we started with the rapé as usual. And this time I was determined because I felt the previous night I'd blocked off my airways too much. I thought, okay, I'm going to get this Oh, God. Hit. <laughs> yeah. <So, laughs> Not necessary. So I almost inhaled, but then I wanted to make sure I was just blocking it from being digested. I think that's what they were really warning about. But I really did kind of breathe in as Kitty administered it to me. Oh, my God. And I held it for maybe half a second and then just went, <laughs> like, yeah. blew it back at her. And she took it like a champ. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's like, nope, it's okay. <laughs> I've done that to other people. She's uh-huh. very sweet about it. So tried again and uh, up the other nostril, held onto it for maybe, you know, two seconds. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's painful. Spurted some of it out. Yeah, that stuff is intense. And so this was my biggest hit because I felt like it really got in and coated the linings of my nasal passages. So I felt it big time. My eyes were watering. Your and vestibular system started going. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't put it that way, but you're right. My vestibular system was all out of whack. So yeah, I, I went back to my seat, sat there and kind of wobbled happily for a bit because yeah, it's a high. And definitely my biggest rapé experience was that third night. And everybody else does there and we're called up to take the actual... ayahuasca the brew and i've compressed a bit of time here but you know you've heard most of the introductory things that we do before so i go up there and it's you can't tell color really Mm -hmm. because it's so dim at this point they've turned off the lights or down low and it's all lit by candlelight and i I would want to guess that it was a brownish mixture but this was the peruvian blend Oh, okay. So night three is Peruvian. And I like the flavor, I would say, most out of all the nights this night. It almost had like a coffee-like flavor to it. Oh, great. You know what? I'm going to say it. If you're going to have any, (laughs) I recommend the Peruvian blend. (laughs) Now, of course, I was only trying one type every night. So maybe I could have done Peruvian a different night and I would have had a totally different experience. And I'd be like, stay away from that goddamn Peruvian blend. Mm-hmm. But I remember them telling us that a particular one was the best, but I feel like they said it was the fourth night that would be the best. Mm. <laughs> Ross's eyes just lost all their sparkle. Incorrect. That is not correct. So <laughs> you'll hear about that soon. <laughs> all right. So I take this Peruvian blend. All right. Not bad. So I go sit down and, you know, you just chill for a while. It didn't hit me as quickly as it had the previous night. So we're back to the normal pattern. I sat up for a while, but then laid down. And I remember thinking, especially as little visions started creeping into my closed eyes again, thinking, please start the music. Oh. <laughs> because normally there's canned music. Right. And so you just hear some nice ocean sounds. Right. Or... Birds chirping. Exactly. And I'm just, please play something like that. I don't want to go into this with no, no accompaniment. <laughs> By myself. Yeah, because the brain does weird things if there's no mm-hmm. oral accompaniment. And so it did start creeping onto me and there's still no music. And you hear the of her legs moving around. You hear the other people kind of shifting around. I'm thinking, just play some music, please. Please, I want to go into jokes. I don't want to go in alone. (laughs) Tell some jokes. Oh my, (laughs) you know, it's so funny. I try to think of watching TV while on this, and no, I just can't even imagine. That sounds so miserable. Oh, interesting. Because what you're taking in has such an effect on you. And if it was people speaking, it would just be too much. Yeah, or a movie or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, you can't take in another story. Mm-hmm. That just sounds. That's so... an interesting point. Like ayahuasca is one of those few drugs that 
people mostly just imbibe in ceremony. So mm-hmm. I wonder if there's anyone out there who just like does ayahuasca on their own, does it in their house, and then like, you know, watches The Office. Um, and the thought of doing it in a fluorescent lit room right? in a strip mall or just someone's house or any other place than where we were doing it sounds really abhorrent to me. I know people take DMT on its own, but I'm not sure if that's different. Okay. Yeah. Because the active ingredient is DMT, DMT, but the other substance that's being blended with it helps it survive your gastric system, Mm. I think, and last longer. Okay. It will... (laughs) Which, okay. Yeah, well... It actually seems like a negative to me. Yeah, I think I think we'll talk more about the psychochemical, sure. physical aspects of uh, the drug itself as we're wrapping up. But anyways, it was definitely starting to take effect, and I was seeing a lot of nature tones. So if this night had an overall color, mm-hmm. it's all very muted browns, earthy reds, darkened yellows, like all of those sort of in, tones. In your mind's eye. Not. Yeah, okay. in my mind's eye were the overall themes of the night hmm. of course there were moments Sounds pretty yeah there were moments of color but it seemed like every night you kind of came away with an overall impression the first night it was uh-huh. that checker pattern that really oh right okay ruled over everything the second night there were a lot of neons oh, okay and pinks and more day glow colors but this you went through the 80s now you're in more of like a late 60s early 70s <laughs> right. brown and orange yellow these ceremonies go on for many hours and you see many things so yeah, sure. there's a variety for every night but it just felt overall this was a real earthy night all right so yeah, i'm slipping into it and i'm seeing just under the ground i'm there's lots of insects i'm crawling and, and i think at some point i started to feel a bit of the nausea coming on and i oriented myself downward Again, so I was near the bucket. Okay. Sort of that mistake I made the first night. But I didn't get that heaviness. That didn't come back, thankfully. But I I think just the fact that I was looking downward sent my mind crawling on the ground. Right. As if you could see through the earth or through the floor. Exactly. And I'm crawling around with bugs. and, And that's all fine. None of it feels gross to me or anything. But finally, the music does come. And I wished it hadn't. So they start singing together and Amy is leading with this song that sounds to me something like ayahuasca, ayahuasca, nay, 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 ayahuasca, ayahuasca, nay, 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 nay. Oh, man. And it was just so harsh. Yeah. And it was oh, I hitting see. me. And I just thought, oh, oh, this is doing bad things. To oh, Stop no. it. Oh, don't sing that. Anything but that. Oh, no. <laughs> and I remember seeing lots of kind of southwestern plants there were cacti there were sharp conical plants that had little cones coming off of them in all directions and smaller cones sort of a fractal patterns of cones building up these plants and this limited viewpoint where i would be sort of cresting a hill but this hill continually crests and everything beyond it is just black so everything's locally lit and it's all in those green tones sometimes it'd be a brighter more toxic looking green sometimes it would be a brown but yeah, I was just traveling these paths and the paths have intricate patterns and the trees and bushes and cacti have intricate patterns. So I was seeing a lot of that. It feels I, like you were dropped into the three caballeros. <laughs> They're much darker, uh-huh. maybe more the pink elephants on parade version mm, right, right. of three caballeros. Mm-hmm. At one point I was under the ground, but there was like a tree growing underground. And I remember just sort of traveling around this tree in counterclockwise direction and all these branches would come off of it i'm both underground and i'm in a tree at the same time Uh and there were these little creatures that lived in nooks and i remember i ended up in the hollowed out hole of one squirrel girl it was oh my gosh now it's like sword in the stone and it's that horny (laughs) squirrel it was a large cartoony squirrel and she had a really big head and big sad eyes and i remember like i presented her a present of some sort and it didn't make her unsad, uh-huh. but somehow I guess, she, I don't know, she appreciated the gift. I'm not sure what the emotion <laughs> there was. I remember that, but then also thinking, oh, well, I don't have enough gifts to give to all the other squirrels because every one of these many thousands of nooks and crannies also had a squirrel in it. Oh, yeah. So I think maybe this is a thing that'll pay off later. I saw so many things, Carrie. <laughs> that was just, that was a few of them. And after 
that one particular song, then they'd go quiet again for a while. I'd be like, oh, bring back some kind of music, please. Don't do, I can't do this alone. So after this point, I can't really remember exactly when there was music and when there wasn't. Right. But I very quickly went into the dark place again. Oh, no. Oh, it was bad, Carrie. It was so bad. Oh, no. No, did you have to do the prayer before this, too? There was a prayer we did on the first night. I don't think was, so. Okay, because it was like... If Where they, any, get, if they give any... you the sheet and you fill out like a little empty spot. Right. I have it on my fridge, actually. But yeah, it's something <laughs> like, if there's anything in me that, you know, tries to play any mischief with you, just ignore that. My true intention is to let Mother Ayahuasca through and... There's no part of me that is not of the gods. Yeah. We certainly weren't instructed to repeat anything like that, but okay. I'm sure if yeah, you wanted to on your own, you could. Okay, so you were in the dark place. Oh, uh, so I just... Remember being dragged in, and once more, I was having a hard time breathing. Had to keep reminding myself, breathe. And that had worked the previous night. So I'm remembering, breathe, say thank you, and trying not to disrupt the sacred silence, but just gonna get, breathe, breathe. Much later, Scott Stabile and I were writing, and he said that that was a real lifeline to him that he could hear me saying breathe. Oh, and he wow. Said, oh, you were like my angel reminding me to breathe. Aww. It was very sweet. So I was. A, mortified to hear that he remembered or heard me, <laughs> right? Uh, but then B, very happy to hear that it was helpful to him, or at least he, really he was sweet. kind enough to say it was. Right. <laughs> so did a lot of that. Breathe. Thank you. Oh, Thank gosh. You. Trying to be grateful for whatever was coming. I went back to, I, I described that swampy area with the that radiating tower of Disgust. Disgust. Yeah. And I, I remember just feeling that setup come back like, oh, no, we're back here again. And I was trying to orient myself in my mind just to turn away from that thing. And I was muttering, I don't want it. I don't want it. No, don't mm. do it. And it just came like no. a wave. Oh, I wanted to throw up so badly. And I was in the swamp for so long. So I, I got positioned over mi amigo. Right, right. And would feel these just waves of disgust. And then I was picturing it as this putrid lawn. It was like, not AstroTurf, but a well-manicured lawn. Mm -hmm. But it was made out of gross, sickly, toxic green stuff. And it would be rolling like waves. And every time it would roll up under me, I would just be like, oh, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to do it. And then it wouldn't come. And I'd be saying, okay, no, it's okay. This is my time. I'm not trying to resist this. I don't want to fight it. There's no part of me that's like trying to. It's not of the gods. <laughs> that's trying to fight the vomit. Just do it. And so I'm attacking my own mind. Like, why are you resisting this? Mm. Go ahead. Just throw up. Get it out of the way. You'll feel better. Right. And I couldn't. Ugh. So it was just wave after wave. Like, oh, please let me throw up. I just, Ugh. oh, I can't. Oh, my God. But it wouldn't come for, for whatever reason. So I was just sitting there kind of retching over my bucket. But nope, still, still not no vomit. purging. Ugh. Speaking of purging, they had been telling us, oh, there's so many different ways you can purge. So mm-hmm. they were also putting in the purge category. They were chalking it up for yawning. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Or crying. That was mm-hmm. considered purging. Shit. Laughing. Laughing, yes. Uh, shitting. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, okay. I'll buy that one. But I definitely did the heavy yawning. Mm. A lot of it on this third night, I remember I did some of this the second night, where you would start yawning like, and then your mouth would just unrealistically or ridiculously just gape and stay open for a long time. Uh-huh. And like you couldn't stop it. Like you're a Muppet. Yeah, the person's hand inside. Is right, just, it's just completely open. Yeah, open and rotating. Right. So I'm, I'm doing that a lot, the yawning that one end. I'm like, okay, I guess this is my purging on some level. Mm-hmm. That was weird just because... You would think, oh, okay, well, can I stop now? Nope, nope, still yawning. I wonder if there's any connection here. Yawning often, like, precedes a migraine. Like, even in my migraine app, they'll oh. ask me, oh, did you start yawning before your migraine? And so I started noticing that you do yawn a lot. Yeah, I wonder what's triggering that in both cases. Okay. So wasn't done with the, the bad part. There were other recurring themes. This is one I'd seen before where I was up in a giant tower, like one of these high-rise buildings, hundreds of stories, 
And so I'm somewhere up on this giant building and it's all glass. So I can see rows and rows of something that looks like a 1950s convertible, like a pink Cadillac. Oh, okay. Something like that. And they've just been mass produced as far as the eye can see inside of this giant building. But I can also see outside the windows of this building and see lights out into the distance. But in my mind, all of this is just empty. There's nothing here no one's going to use these cars. They've all been manufactured by some process, and they're just going to sit here and decay and waste away. Oh, okay. And it was this feeling of utter meaninglessness. This sounds a lot like not everything needs to have a purpose night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and just excess, and this is gross. Why, right. Why has all this been made? It's for nothing. There's no one here. It's empty. It's meaningless. Right. So that was another vision that I'd had before, and I had very strongly tonight. There was an interlude with strawberries that were growing on the ground, and there was the swamp, but it also had strawberries. Okay, that sounds okay. I guess so, but I wasn't I wasn't happy about the okay. strawberries. These weren't good strawberries. Okay. <laughs> Pinkish red as they may be. I remember just feeling loneliness and thinking, no one goes through this alone. And that was oh. kind of my first Rockwell text uh-huh. <laughs> message that I got, and th- that's a moment where I did become aware of the people around me. I thought, okay, everybody else is experiencing this too. Right. I'm not alone. We're all going to get through this. So I thought various permutations of that thought. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no one no one does this alone. We're all in this together. So that was, it was comforting, at least. Are you able to remember in these moments, I'm doing this because I have a show and whatnot, or is that just totally gone from you? Ah, that does come later. Okay. <laughs> not at this, not at this moment, but yes, definitely it does later. And it's at moments like this where you do really appreciate all of the prep they've given you because their little warnings, reminders, they do come back in and you remember okay, some good. of the things you're supposed to do or be thinking about. So I was glad for that. <laughs> so got through additional layers of disgust again the loneliness and disassociation that's just the worst when you're just hit with all this random meaningless imagery and data and there's no place for your feet to go or your hands to go because you just you don't belong anywhere you don't have an identity oh and this doesn't sound fun i'd have no way of estimating how long something like that went on yeah because i really do feel like i was just removed from time and every measurable sense of where i am and how i exist in the world yeah that is not enjoyable no if ayahuasca was just that there would be no reason to do this <laughs> to do it at all. yes it'd be absolutely stupid i mean my experience on ayahuasca was very mild Yeah, I don't know what happened with yours. So eventually I did come out of that. I I know there's many more visuals I could think of if I tried to put my head back there. But I got into this interesting phase. I remember music started up again as well. And at least I was out of the worst of the worst. Okay. And and all along you do remember that bad period. Uh So every now and then you start to think about that again. Like, why am I thinking about it? It's just going to put me back there. Put me back there, sure. So some cool things started happening. One song started playing and it was again a live song. I'm moving around with it and I'm really starting to writhe in place and I'm underground again. I'm moving around and very kinetic. Uh, My hands are starting to move and I'm crawling. Okay. And this is where the biting starts. I'm sorry. So I start, I start biting everything I can get my teeth on. Oh my God. I hope just in your vision. No. In real life. Oh no. Ross is biting his mattress. Oh no. (laughs) So I'm getting big mouthfuls of... (laughs) That uh, oh my God. comforter, the blanket that we've been given. <laughs> and then I've got my mouth. I hope they wash these things well. I've got my <laughs> mouth on the mattress and I'm just like, ah, like biting into it. Oh no. And then since my hands are moving around everywhere, every now and then I'm biting my arms and my hands. Oh my God. And I'm thinking, ow, this really hurts. And I know I'm not putting full pressure into it, but I think, wow, teeth are really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> no one's bitten me in a long time. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, like Not Teeth hard. Teeth are really powerful. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm hurting from biting my hands, but I can't stop it. And just imagine me writhing on the sheet and biting the air, biting anything that gets close to me. And I am legitimately worried that I'm going to bite someone. I bet, yeah. Because I'm not fully aware at this point how close other people are to me or if anyone's coming over to check on me or if this is abnormal and they're worried now sure. that this guy is biting stuff. <laughs> There was a hell of a lot of biting and actual gnashing of teeth. Right. Like you hear of gnashing of teeth and you think, oh, that's funny. No one gnashes their teeth. I was gnashing my teeth. So is it kind of like when you grind?
grind your teeth at night? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're doing it right so now like, for me. It would be like a small bite and then the teeth just sort of grind you together. Grind to the left and right and up and down. And, yeah. Yeah. And I had no control over that. Ugh. So that was going on for a while. And then when the music picked up again, I really got into that song. Okay. So I'm really grooving and moving my arms and flailing yeah, all man. over. Okay. And at one point it hits me, oh, you don't have to be facing downward. You could get up and that would be cool. Right. Uh, so that's when I finally get out of, you know, sitting next to the Amigo and I get up on my knees. I'm thinking back to the days of Winamp. I don't know if anyone remembers there was this audio application on the PC. Uh, oh, yeah. That's how I'd play all my MP3s. Okay. Winamp, it really whips the llama's ass. Anyway, I don't understand that motto cool, slogan. Yeah, it made no sense. So <laughs> this is the 90s. So the really cool thing about it was you'd play your list of MP3s, and I'd always be dragging in music, and it would have all these cool visualization plugins that would do oh, okay. fun light shows, but they're all based on the music and driven by the music. Right, right, right. Well, so, Apple iTunes used to have that. Does it not anymore? Right, they copied Winamp oh, and did okay. a really crappy job of it. Oh, I Winamp, see. Well. Winamp had great visualizations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back me up people i know a lot of people are gonna be like yeah i miss milk drop okay anyways so i turned into a visualization plugin for this music oh weird so as they're singing i'm flailing about and if the music is getting low and rumbly i'm getting low and rumbly and if it's soaring i'm up and my hands are waving around like one of those the inflatable things right, outside the car, car dealerships yeah, uh-huh. yeah so i'm doing that and I, I have this pivot at my waist so my knees are kind of planted at this point and my feet are under me but i'm just rotating from the hips everywhere so i'm bowing down and my arms are flailing there and then i'm up and oh, weird. yeah the music is just guiding me around and i'm loving it <laughs> this is just beautiful and so that all sounds very exciting ross yeah and uh, what you have something more important well <laughs> no that what could be more important than that probably beautiful websites exactly <laughs> you know it's just as beautiful as knowing that we are all connected and all one is knowing that we are all connected by the internet i and- agree Thank you. And this episode is actually sponsored in part by Squarespace. Oh, that's relevant to this thought. Exactly. With Squarespace, you can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into a new space on the internet. Hey, I just had lots of cool ideas. Okay. Oh my God, you should make a rambling ayahuasca website about all of your realizations. I love it. You can announce an upcoming event or a special project. You can promote your physical or online business. You can do whatever the heck you want. Squarespace, uh, from what I've heard, they give you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you heard correctly. Also, powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. And everything's optimized for mobile right out of the box, so you don't have to worry about someone pulling it up on their phone and you looking like a dum-dum. And there's analytics, so you can see how many people are looking at your site. What are they doing on your site? And that can help you grow in real time. And then it also has built-in search engine optimization. Ooh. So, uh, you know, people will find your website easier. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code no to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com and enter code OHNO, O-H-N-O. Anyway, you were saying. So as I'm up and wildly moving around, I see the singer and the other musicians uh, over across from me. I see them as just one large glowing whitish green cactus. Whoa! (laughs) Sounds great. It's also just swiveling around loosely, kind of a balloonish, almost cartoonish thing, and just white energy laced with triangles and beams of light and other geometric shapes are just coming out at me and I'm absorbing them and we have this great connection. I'm feeling like there's a tether between us. Oh, wow. You were orically coupled. Yeah. Oh, totally. Whatever you want to describe it as. That's true. (laughs) And that's what was happening. So I was, oh, I was digging it. I'm sure it's all true. I'm I'm getting this white light from them and I love it. It's so good. Every now and then I'd become slightly aware of what was going on. So I'd realize, oh, wait, wait, that's right. You're just, you're, you're a guy. 
on a mattress and <laughs> you're waving around like a crazy person, they're going to think you're crazy. No, that's what you're supposed to be doing, right? Yeah, no, you're doing the thing. Don't worry about it. And so I would do this and then the song would end and still with my eyes closed, I would just do sort of the namaste bow to them like, oh, thank you so much. That was so great. Uh, and I would wonder, is everybody else doing this? But I wouldn't look. You know, I'm right. keeping the eyes closed. But yeah, am I the only person wildly gesticulating? At some point, the music went in a different direction. I remember there was a song where I was still writhing and clawing at things and biting myself in the mattress, but the vision all got darker and really like satanic. Oh, wow. I remember seeing a... Well, Satan is your overlord and constant companion, so that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know how constant, but certainly (laughs) Satan came in to, to accompany me at this point. There was a scorpion that became sort of the focus of my vision. And there was a a fire all around the scorpion. The scorpion was dancing and moving and striking inside of the fire. Oh my God. And it feels like I'm right in front of it. Like I'm kind of dancing with the scorpion. You danced with the scorpion? I guess I danced with the scorpion. Oh my God, I'm sure that means something. Wait, are you a, what scorpion, what um, astrological sign is scorpion? Scorpio. Are you Scorpio? I'm Leo. Dang it. Did yes. you see a lion? Sorry. Well, I had the moment with Orion the other day, too. Yeah. Uh, these are all Dang just... It. Yeah, shoot. Sorry. That, that would be great synchronicity. <laughs> oh, no. It turns out astrology is not right. <laughs> but it felt dark. This is reminding me, though, I think an earlier moment with a fire, and I remember gelling with the fire, and it was full of feminine energy, Uh-huh. Okay. and I felt for a while that I was a woman, and oh, okay. I, I, I just realized at some point, like, oh, wait, oh, wait, you're not a woman. But yeah, for whatever reason, the fire brought femininity. But gender's a spectrum. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go back to uh, our scorpion fire. So yeah, I'm seeing this thing dance, but it feels dark. And I think at this point, they were also blowing out smoke. Literally, they were blowing out plumes of whatever substance it was they were boiling on a pod. Uh, Right. And someone- cooking someone told us after the first ceremony episode that they do tend to blow tobacco on it to bless it oh okay oh yeah right on the ayahuasca itself Mm -hmm. but in this case there were people with little pans and there was smoke pluming out of them and then they'd use those weira fans Uh, to kind of blow it our direction so you'd see these pillowing blooms of smoke i remember opening my eyes up long enough to see sandy going around and kind of moving the smoke toward us. So I was getting hit with these waves of smoke and yeah, it just felt really dark. And I I think there were whips involved and a sense of figures dancing around on the other side of the scorpion, this fire. And I remember thinking like, oh, if Bob Larson could experience this, this would would validate everything he believes and (laughs) says, like, this is the thing they warned me about in Sunday school. Right. There are people out there doing these dark satanic ceremonies, and I was in one. Yeah, totally. So flames just licking all around me, and I'm dancing and clawing. And this is where I felt truly possessed. Oh, wow. Earlier, I couldn't control my movements, but my body was just swaying in such a way and bowing and doing all these things. And I thought, I have no control over this whatsoever. I was just moving with the music and whatever's happening here. And I thought, okay, this is what possession feels like. I'm being being possessed right now. And I just feel it going through my body. Did you like believe that, that you were being possessed? I didn't. On some level? I didn't have any identity attached to it. Okay. It just, oh, this is what happens when your body does things without you having any knowledge or control over it. Gotcha. So I didn't know what was coming next. And just the way my hands and arms and teeth are moving independently of me, it was was a weird feeling. Cool on one hand. But uh-huh. a, a lot of creepy on the other. <laughs> I don't want to uh, undersell the level of creepiness here. I remember also whenever I would have little moments of kind of lucidity or messages coming to me. Another one was about permission. And I think it was because I had gone through these waves of lo- losing control. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I kept thinking about how important permission is. Oh, uh, so right. I, I saw that word a few times in different phrases. And it was another... Or were you feeling like you had given permission to the spirit or whatever to do this to you? I wasn't connecting it in anything like that concrete of a sentiment. Uh-huh. But I just remember all of a sudden like, oh, I'm concerned about permission. Oh, okay. So I, I think so. I think that's what sparked Where it. Where it came from. Yeah. Okay. This is an interesting thing too. Just monitoring what your body does and doesn't have control over while you're in a state like this. Mm-hmm. And there were a few times where I needed to fart. <laughs> and it Yeah, did- that seems like that would be purging. And it didn't seem to matter how far in I was into one of these 
fugue states, right? I would still stop and try to make a quiet fart so uh-huh. no one so no one would hear it. Uh-huh. I just thought, oh, this is so weird. Like there's some really bass ego shining through right, all, right. Of, all of this to stop and make sure I don't make a but loud don't fart. fart out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can scream and dance and do all that. Bite stuff, everybody. But, yeah. <laughs> but oh, I don't want people. It was just so weird. Like it would kind of override. Like, oh, okay. I have control over that for some reason. That's the one thing I have control over. Whereas I hopped a fence and just <laughs> stop myself. <laughs> You'll have to listen to most of Scott episodes to know what I'm talking about. That was a good one. Speaking of purging, there was even bigger laughter this night. There was this huge rolling wave of laughter that started over, I think, over on the right-hand side, my right-hand side Mm -hmm. of the flight deck. And it was just this infectious thing that came and hit everybody, hit me too. How fun. Just raucous laughter. I don't know what we're laughing at. This is hilarious. (laughs) It's like laughter yoga. Yeah, but totally involuntary. Right, right. Not intentional. Yeah, it was strong laughter. Like, oh, this is hilarious. (laughs) So that was great. Love that. It didn't hit me as long as it hit some other people around me. So I did more listening to them. But there was a time there. It's so weird how laughing itself is funny. Like if someone else just laughs long enough, it's funny and you'll just you'll start laughing at the very idea that laughter is happening. Exactly. Funny in and of itself. I remember a moment like that. I was on a road trip when I was 10 or 11. I think it was the summer where I turned 11 with my dad and stepmom and my sister. And we stopped at a hotel one night. And as we're getting ready to fall asleep, I'm laying next to my sister. My dad says, did you ever hear that story about the boy who dreamt he ate a giant marshmallow? I said, I know. Yeah, well, when he woke up, his pillow was gone. And he threw that bomb out there as I was in that almost sleep state. And it was just the funniest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He tried to eat a He was actually eating a marshmallow. And I just started laughing and laughing. And at first, they were trying to shush me, especially my stepmom. My sister starts laughing, so we're laughing together. My dad thinks it's hilarious, so the three of us are laughing. And you could just feel the annoyance of my stepmom. We're all supposed to be sleeping. But she can't help herself eventually. It's right. just too funny. And we're all up on the, the ceiling with uh, the uncle, uh, like right. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. That so, uh, I remember that moment like, oh, she's even laughing now. <laughs> and couldn't stop it. That reminds me of the time you told me the uh, banana joke and I had to pull over in my car because I laughed too hard. The great Mitch Hedberg banana Banana joke. joke. You can all go look it up. It's comic gold. Yeah, it's very good. One of my favorite jokes. So then there was a really interesting shift and a long period that filled out, I think, the rest of my evening for the most part, where I started becoming aware of everything. Oh. And who I was and where I was and what I was doing. Oh, who you had become. I'm I'm just this guy. I'm Ross Blotcher. I'm just sitting on a mat in Costa Rica and I'm picturing a map and I'm I'm seeing that part of the world and that's me there. I'm I'm there. And all these other people, they came here as well and we're all just on this substance and it's <laughs> coursing through our veins and it got to our brains and it's attaching to synapses and I'm picturing all of that and I'm, I'm zooming out from the globe into my mind and I'm seeing oh, oh, cool. little molecules attaching to things in my Whoa! brain and neurons lighting up and pathways and oh, I'm aware of what's happening but it's still happening. Right, right. And later on I wrote, it suffers the illusion. I thought that was a really important way to state that it suffers the illusion yeah doesn't make sense but there's better (laughs) ways to say that but even when you're fully aware of exactly what's happening to you the feeling continues it it doesn't break it it doesn't break the illusion being aware of the reality right but for whatever reason i just kept thinking suffers the illusion it suffers the illusion (laughs) yep that was really important that really made sense to you then And then I thought, oh, my goodness, the shaman, she's just another person. She probably took some, I don't know, coursework or she studied under someone. But tomorrow she's just going to be another person eating food at the cool little cafe. And maybe she'll want to go for a swim. (laughs) So so my notes go from uh, very nice, normal writing here. I'm showing Mm -hmm. it to Carrie. Yeah. Definitely feeling the the high slash wobbliness this time. Uh, Will gave me a great hug. Wish me a good journey. Most pleasant flavor yet. Less pruney and a little closer to coffee. Next line, in all caps, everybody likes to go to the pool. (laughs) Three exclamation marks. No, two exclamation marks. (laughs) We're all just the same. 
I am not clever, but I am, in all caps again. (laughs) Everyone is clever. (laughs) And then I had a a flash of an earlier memory. I wanted to make sure I encoded this. No one faces this alone. Yes! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Oh, four exclamation marks. (laughs) So... I've just realized, like, oh, we're all just people. And I'm, I'm thinking about the fact, yeah, they're just white people oh, who've learned to, to be shamans. But you know what? They're going to go to the pool. You're going to go to the pool. You're going to the pool. <laughs> we all have all these experiences together, and we're all one. And, and the whole clever thing was I was thinking, like, oh, I feel like I notice so much of what's going on around me. I'm aware of these subtle cues and people communicating things that they don't think they're communicating. But then I realized, no, everyone's aware of all these things. Everyone sees all these subtleties. And we all just process it at different rates and we focus on different things. And so I'm just suddenly aware of everybody else in the room. And that quickly turns into this network of glowing brains of the whole world connected. And so I'm just seeing these whitish blue tiny nodes and I know each one of them is a brain and if I mentally kind of zoom in on that I can see yeah yeah that's that's just another brain and it's just like mine and so I'm seeing all of creation all connected and it's in this giant red dark red brown cavern and we're all just connected it's these little mini neurons essentially each one of us is like part of this larger brain and all of us is aware of all of this stuff and I wrote down later it's just a bandwidth issue you know we would feel a connection to everybody. And if I would jump across the void to another shining note on the other side, I'd realize that's a mind just like mine and yeah. I have full connection to it. But, you know, I'm, I'm less concerned about ones that aren't close to me and it's just a bandwidth issue. I can only connect to the ones near me, like mm-hmm. my family and close circle and friends. Uh, but they're all just as important. And if we all work together, we can all connect and oh. all support each other and be aware. So I'm seeing all of this stuff and it just following these thought trails that usually your mind will kind of play around with just for a little bit mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then move on to something else. Right. It just felt like this ability to stay to on that train there. and uh-huh. just keep going and making one connection after another. I wrote here later. Oh, it suffers the illusion. Okay, I wrote that again. <laughs> oh, geez, I wrote that a lot of times. Uh, we, we are in this together. Okay, good. Got that in all caps. I knew all these things before. Nothing new. And then I write in brackets under the sun. Because I've got to register that thought. But they are pulling together. I can think all the thoughts at the same time. All right. It's a bandwidth issue. These are my notes. So (laughs) another thing that happened after my earlier notes is I'm in the dark. I can't see what I'm writing. Uh And as I'm writing... I'm still thinking about everybody wants to go to the pool. (laughs) Everybody wants to go to the pool. (laughs) Uh, My hand, I'm watching my hand write these notes in the dark. I'm maybe just barely able to see the lines on the page and detect where I've written before and where I haven't. That's as much as I can see. And my hand just starts moving like... Like automatic writing. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. it's moving. So Ross is just shaking so his hands like barely as if he's writing. The hand is moving so much faster, cartoonishly faster than you should ever be able to write. Right. And I'm just watching it move across the page going, what the hell oh is happening? Oh my gosh. And so my next notes after that, yes, was, whoa, that was automatic writing. Also this. Oh, and so is this. Uh, okay, my writing wasn't and the best. so is this. I see myself writing, but I am not in control of the motion. Now I am. Uh, oh, okay. I came back later and wrote a little more lucidly. Well, wait, let's see the part that you automatic wrote. Does it look like it says anything? Well, hold on. Yeah, let me get to this next part. So okay. writing normally, and then I kind of overwrote that. It's hard to read. Will got up real fast for cup number three. Oh, yeah. I totally missed the call for cup number two. I was oh, okay. off in La La Land. Mm-hmm. Cup number three was called Will jumped right up and went for it. And I thought, oh, I'm I'm good. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> this is still potent. This is still working. Right. I'm still moving crazy fast. So the first. Oh, so so here's where I get into some automatic writing okay, that let's is see. undiscernible. And- Does it start here? Well, the the automatic writing started up here where it gets in all caps. Everybody likes to go to the pool. But when it gets to just the scratch, that's where I did feel like, okay, my hand is still making the same motion, but nothing's coming out. Okay, I'm going to try to decipher what the aliens were telling you. Mom. Download. Mom loves. 
Mm. Millions. I don't remember this. Mom loves millions. You're looking at the scratch? Yeah. Okay. I'm, and, and I am really stretching Carrie's here. gone full graphologist here. Mom loves millions when... When's... Wendy Williams. Love Mom loves millions, Wendy Williams. <laughs> well, I'm does sure it's like all the, true. Does she like the Wendy Williams show? I'm sure it's all true. Yeah, I can see how you got Williams out of that last <laughs> set of loops that I made. Does your mom like the Wendy Williams show? It, was that a show? I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a daytime talk show. Okay. Uh, probably not. I don't know. Maybe she yeah, does. Yeah, should ask her. I don't know what she does with all her time. If so, you got a strong and true message. Uh, so, yeah, then there was a couple lines or line and a half of just pure chicken scratch. Sorry, chickens. But, <laughs> but you what, don't write that, well. That's what your handwriting looks like. <laughs> uh, then I write so much movement, this is all caps, that I cannot control. It is coming out. I don't know if I can read this later, but I am writing. <laughs> we are all clever. The little things matter. We all get this. And so, yeah, those are my notes. It was just crazy because I was aware at the time, like, this is what automatic writing is. Mm -hmm. I, I feel it. It's yeah. just my hands moving and I'm not fully sure of what's coming out of it. Right. It was amazing. So, again, the feeling of possession. Like, I feel like it's a nice message that everybody's clever. Yeah. Especially with the example you gave where, like, we all tend to think we're kind of mind readers. Like, oh, I know what that person's really thinking. But that person's also thinking, I know what he's really thinking. And we're all just overlaying. Well, if I were communicating it that way, this is what I'd be saying. Right. But that person's totally different from you and may not be doing that. Uh, uh, we I all was, think we're great mind readers. I was following... I was following so many of those thought trails uh -huh. and layers of intentionality. Oh, I know that he knows that. I know that he knows that. I know that he knows. <laughs> so that was happening a lot. Oh, my goodness. So this went on for the longest time. Yeah, they called for the third cup. Like, I don't need it. I'm good. This is great. <laughs> Unnecessary. And then I would sometimes just, again, become aware of the social interactions within the room. And oh, we're going to be talking to each other tomorrow. And I, here I wrote, song just finished. I could clap. But that would be stupid, so I won't. And I was, I was just picturing it like, you know, they just finished their song. It was really good. Uh -huh. Normally, I would clap. This is not an appropriate situation to be clapping for people. <laughs> that would be stupid. This is my notes again. I can just barely read this. Social decorum doesn't call for it. They would deploy together and make me stop. I just wrote, and make stop. But I know what I meant. It's all just time. That's the one thing. The song just finished, but I'm still enjoying it. No illusions. <laughs> so uh, then I'm realizing, oh, the song just ended, but I can still enjoy it. It can still be running in my head. And I, you know, I've just slipped the time stream from everybody else. So I'm still living in that moment that happened before. And this is oh, all just right. like, it's all just time, baby. And bandwidth. So yeah, those are, right, right. those are tied together. It's just the amount that we can take in and the Except rate, the, that, illusion. the rate that we can process. But I'm still just this guy. I'm Ross Blotcher and I'm on a mattress in Costa Rica and I'm seeing all this. And my wife is over there in America and I can move around the, the globe and I can see. Oh. Oh. that she's there and so yeah i'm just oh, wow. oh i'm just taking in everything and the mind is just racing a thought a second at 10 thoughts a second uh but it doesn't let up and get distracted like your mind usually does so i wrote here ayahuasca works it has given me good eyesight i meant insight <laughs> i actually can recommend it to others oh nice there are no lines on this page oh i run out of space ah so you so you used it up writing that i'm not sure what i meant there but oh this is funny so they did start playing some canned music at this point interspersed okay. between the live performances so one of the tracks they played was just the speaking voice but they'd added cool kind of techno-y new agey music underneath it uh -huh. and i was thinking oh this sounds like alan watts is this alan watts the poet it's hard to describe him. He's okay. a sage, like a right, modern okay. sage, a you know, Western man who has delved into Eastern knowledge. And every time I've heard him, it does seem very profound. And I've uh -huh. always liked what he has to say. So I can't fault the guy. But I feel like if I listened to his entire output, that I would find something that just seemed a little loopier out there. But as far as I know, thumbs up to Alan Watts. Okay. So cool. I, I was wondering if Enjoy it was... Enjoy all those emails. Yeah, right. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone's going to tell me how he's awful. Yeah, right. Uh, or great.
great. Or great. So I had some respect for him. I'm not sure if it was him. We did have on our Facebook group, there's this Facebook group for people who attended this. Later on, someone was trying to figure out who was it who was doing mm. the speaking. And I sent a clip that I thought might be something like what we heard and someone else did. And the lady said, no, well, that one they sent isn't it. But thanks for all these links. Anyway, so I don't know who was speaking, but I thought I was very clever because I thought of Alan Watska. <laughs> so I wrote that down. I thought that was very clever. Very good. I can still make I'm not bad clever. <laughs> I can still make bad puns while under the influence of ayahuasca. <laughs> another thing I wrote: some things just fade away, and that's okay. True. So that was another one of my revelations as I'm thinking about time. Then I write: man, this trip was extreme. As I'm sort of coming out of it, we're definitely toward the end of the evening. I would have moments of lucidity, and so I could sit up and write normally for a while. So this was one of those moments. I was writhing, roiling, and literally gnashing my teeth, biting, bit myself a few times, hurts, some awful pits of disgust and despair, could not stop them, felt my free will overrided, overridden. I could not watch Kara do this. Oh, that was another thing. I, I just remember thinking I could recommend this to others, but I couldn't watch Kara do, do it. it. And I could watch my son do it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, he learned things, but for whatever, like, it occurred to me all of a sudden, oh, no, other people are experiencing sadness and they're crying. Mm, right. What if ayahuasca gave me sadness visions and, like, did something to my family? Oh, that would yeah. be horrible. And I had this sudden fear, like, oh, no, like, why did I think this thought? Because now I'm just inviting it to happen on the fourth Oh, night. wow. You really do get OCD on ayahuasca. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> My it, thoughts have power. My thoughts will make this happen. And I was just thinking, like, oh, I couldn't bear to see Kara go through that sadness or disgust or whatever it would be like couldn't do it but that's she wouldn't sweet. anyway so yeah that's uh, true. I don't have to worry about that oh yeah I, d- I didn't mention earlier one of the pits of despair moments was just this mix of feelings of inappropriateness like we are all collectively doing the wrong thing at this moment like everybody in the room I don't know if I was picturing as people in the room or just these imaginary people in my vision because I, I think I was very disconnected at the point But I had the sense that we're making people feel uncomfortable, we're stealing things, we're being dishonest. And it was all all unattached to any situation or people or any real action. But I just had this sense of, oh, we're doing the wrong thing. Stop Mm. it. I I, I don't approve of this. This isn't right. Mm. We shouldn't be doing this. It was just those emotions all by themselves. Uh That sucked. Yeah. I hated that. And I... (laughs) Again, I have no idea how long that went. So I'm, I was leaving myself notes so I'd remember some of the things that had happened later. And I wrote here, how are you doing, brain? Ross Blotcher's brain. I, I think we'll be okay. I don't know, maybe I was worried at the moment if there was some permanent damage or something like that. I don't know. I was. We'll be okay. Then I wrote, I need a filing cabinet. I, I, kept, I kept thinking about how I really need to buy a filing cabinet, which I have now. I bought one. Oh my on God, ayahuasca changed your life. <laughs> it did. Yeah, in a very measurable way. That th- These are the things I'm cabinet. writing. Uh, I have a filing cabinet. It is great. Let's see. I noticed oh, some of these songs, again, as we're coming out of this, there were songs that mentioned the Holy Spirit, and I thought that was funny. They also mentioned angels and how they fly. And I thought, oh, that's hilarious because this was so satanic just a moment oh, ago. Right. Like, oh, I don't think Bob Larson would approve of you talking about angels and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Okay. This was really sad. Scott was next to me, mm-hmm. and I've, I've asked permission for me to tell this vulnerable story for him. He was hard crying. Oh. I think it may be the hardest I've ever heard anyone cry. Just oh, wow. racked with sobbing for at least... 20 minutes oh wow it's just non-stop and he was just bawling and he sounded so miserable i just wanted to hug him but you can't you're not supposed to impede on anyone else's experience oh, right. you don't know where they're at i don't know how many cups he's taken at what point he's in i'm coming oh, off yeah, of yeah they it. did tell us don't try to comfort anybody right and that's why it's often dangerous for couples to be next to each other oh, right and i totally got it that night like oh i couldn't bear uh-huh. to watch car go through that so uh yeah i'm sitting there and i'm just saying oh I wanna, i'm coming off of this i'm still thinking my wild thoughts when i'm having more moments of lucidity eventually I can't remember if it was the shaman, Amy, or if it was Sandy. Someone came over to kind of wave the weira at him. And I think maybe they even gave him that alcohol to the face thing. I'm not sure. But anyways, someone came and did some spiritual work with him. But they resisted the urge to hug him as well. But I I saved that. And afterwards, once everything had calmed down, I said, hey, is is it all right if I give you a hug? (laughs) And he said, yes, please. And we gave each other this long hug. And he was still crying. Oh, it was so intense. Did you ever ask him what he was crying about? So intense. No. Oh, okay. 
guys don't ask each other things like that. <laughs> just, just support his hug. So, uh, so I wrote in my notes, this is the closest I've ever experienced to Bob Larson being right. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Uh, you were possessed. You saw oh, Satan. I'm just writing random things. Not a bird sound. I don't know if you remember this, but something up on the ceiling, like this fan system or air conditioning or something, would occasionally make this noise that sounded like a bird chirping. Oh. And huh. uh, this came up the following night with a person sitting next to me where I said, oh, I realized like, that's not a bird. That's just the equipment. It finally dawned on me. And she said, oh, it's not a bird? Oh, huh. Yeah, so every now and then this that. little sound would come up and I never figured out where it was coming from because it sounded like like something touching something. It was like a physical sound. Hmm. My connections moment with all the connected brains was the best possible mindfulness meditation. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, I was still reeling from that. My brain was doing such a good job of following threads. In that moment, the earth was mindful, full of minds. Hey, hey. literally yeah. mindful. I was also thinking at this moment about Daniel Kahneman's whole idea about remembering pain. Oh, the idea that like the last thing you felt, you'll remember the strongest, or no, the highest peak you feel. Right, the peak end rule, that's it. That's it. Yeah, the idea that when you're recalling pain later on, or, or any experience you've gone through, that you sort of mentally average out your experience at the very end of it. And the peak experience somewhere right. somewhere in the middle of however long it was. And that becomes your assessment of how painful it was. Mm -hmm. And so the finding of that was if you give someone an uncomfortable colonoscopy or whatever the procedure may be. Do it first. Well, you, you do it. And if you stop it right away, as soon as it's done and say, okay, we're done. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave you alone now. And then you ask them later how they felt. They'll rate it pretty high. Let's say they say it was a seven on discomfort. But... If you then just you draw it out and you slowly you know, trickle water or whatever it may be, like you make the thing go on longer, but you add a long period of just zero stimulus or low stimulus right. at the end. Then you ask them the same amount of time later, how did you feel about that? They'll say, oh, yeah. three, not yeah, bad. Yeah, because now they're averaging more stuff. And so then you get in this weird, it's like dealing with placebos as a doctor, mm -hmm. you, this weird gray area where you think, well, do I just want to draw really this out longer? lengthen so, a colonoscopy? Right, so they'll yeah. remember it as pleasant later. I think yeah. colonoscopy was the example they used. Anyways, I was thinking this was really relevant to ayahuasca because you have these peak horrible experiences. Mm -hmm. And if that was the sum totality of ayahuasca you'd be like screw this i'm never doing it again right but then you average it out with the "Ooh, all our brains are connected this right. is amazing and then you think oh not bad not bad and i think they kind of orchestrate that a bit with the music because the last yes. few songs are super pleasant and uplifting and inspiring yes they do i think you got <laughs> it exactly so uh, eventually we all came out of it we did another little let's group around and talk about it and the audience was just full of love for Aww. the shamans. Uh, one guy was saying like, oh, you, you women are just radiant beams of light and creatures of light. And I love you so much right now. This is amazing. Aww. And uh, other people were reflecting on that glow of the laughter and how wonderful that was. And the journalist, Sean, Sean Illing from Vox, he was saying, I saw exactly what I needed to tonight. This is why I came here. And, and he had, it was like a really long, eloquent speech. And everyone after that was like, oh, I don't know what I can add to that. <laughs> but they added to that. So it went on for a while, but we were all just, we were glowing high and just amazed at how well this night had gone. Oh, that's wonderful. So that was my third night on ayahuasca. Well, I'm sure everything stays perfectly normal and happy and safe. Yeah, it's just good stuff. And everyone, nothing everyone weird should is going to happen from here out. Or wait and listen to the rest of our Yeah, listen experience. to the whole thing, you guys. You'll see. <laughs> but but this was so a that sounds like a great This night. is a pretty cool night. And I came back to my room. It was, I don't know, maybe 1.30. And I texted you. You I did. You said something like, this is everything I could have expected out of an ayahuasca experience. Yeah, I feel like I should read my text to you. Oh, one thing I wrote you, I thought this was very clever. This is still Ross on ayahuasca. It's just a chemical that does things to your brain. But oh, what things. <laughs> and then I wrote you a longer uh, message. Tonight was out of the park. Amazing in so many ways. Terrifying and brilliant. Made lots of connections. Thrashed around a lot. Literally gnashing teeth and biting. Satanic visions that made Bob Larson look right. Came as close as humanly possible to puking without puking. That was a steamroller. Got hit once again with pure, all-encompassing disgust. Against my will, I was dragged into pure misery a few times. So rough. 
also started automatic writing while taking notes. That was so weird. My hand was a blur. Still need to look at my notes. So many connections, too. Really all came together tonight. Don't know what else I could expect from ayahuasca. Wow. So that was my feeling at, what time was this? This is 1.06 a.m. So that means that the ceremony lasted less than eight hours. Hey, that's right. That's a, nice and quick. a whip fast ayahuasca <laughs> experience. God. This, so did you only end up taking one cup? Yeah. Uh, yep. One cup. cup was enough. That Peruvian blend, <laughs> boy, that was potent. And on the first night, you only took one cup. On the second night, you took two? Second night, I took three. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Interesting. It seems like one cup is good for you. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should stick with it. Well, you know, the second night was fully pleasant with okay. the three cups. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. So, well, we'll see what happens night four. Yeah, more more to come. So that was the end of my night. How was your night? Were you doing okay? <sighs> it was pretty rough for us. <laughs> I had to go to that dinner, mm. you know, where I had the big pre-fee. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, had to have some nice conversations, swim in the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, with- Everybody loves the pool. Everybody loves the pool, man. Went to bed, read To Kill a Mockingbird, talked to Drew. Man, um, man. Yeah, my heart you know. goes out to you. Thank you. I was putting in some really <laughs> hard work. But I was also getting up early to go to a talk, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, you got to prep for that. Yeah. So, I guess that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode is edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is one Ian Kramer. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. And yeah. we'll post pictures, yeah. we'll post videos, we'll put yeah. put articles there, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, do that. That's a good idea. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at oh no Podcast. And also our Max Fun Drive is coming up, Ross. Yay, Max Fun Drive. My favorite holiday. Yeah, so that's the best time of the year to support OnRack and all the other shows at Max Fun. It starts on April 2nd, so you get to miss April Fool's Day. And we'll be bringing you all new episodes and letting you know what happens with this Rhythmia investigation. You've been waiting to find out how it ends, so stay tuned. Oh my gosh, some really serious stuff happens with this investigation during Max Fun Drive, so you don't want to miss it. This is the best time of the year to support us, and there's all kinds of great incentives. Also, if you become a member, or if you upgrade during Max Fun Drive, you get great gifts. Every year, there's like new different gifts during Max Fun Drive, and they're always amazing. Yeah, we'll be giving you all those details, so stay tuned. Yeah, maybe it'll be ayahuasca. Who knows? Uh, Not likely. Probably not ayahuasca, but you never know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? We don't know. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, see you then. And remember this lovely music from Jera Tree that was played at the end of The Third Night. It's a baby's first cry. It's a look in your eye when there's nothing left to say. Watch the river Watch the river flow away. Jaya ki jaya ganga ma ki jaya jaya ganga ma ki jaya jaya ki jaya ganga ma ki jaya jaya ganga ma ki jaya ki jaya uma parvati ma ganga ma ki jaya jaya ganga ma. Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.